I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about executive orders. So grab your pen. And let's get civical. Exist on the spectrum of genders of the world, and theys and thems and everyone. It's so Mm -hmm. nice to see you. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for U.S. For U.S. It was quite spectacular that inauguration. I just felt like like could watch that inauguration over and over. I could watch like the concert at night over and over. I honestly think it's something we should be doing on a monthly basis. Like (laughs) just to keep morale up. Just to keep morale up. Like, I'm sorry. Like we, there are 80 billion celebrities of Tom Hanks caliber that we can get to host that shit. Or let's just keep it Tom Hanks, America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Let's just keep it Tom Hanks. But like, we got talent. We got culture. I say once a month, we do like a Here's to America concert and like Mm -hmm. get some famous acts and then elevate some people. All I'm saying is it's totally possible. That's all. The John Legend cover of the Nina Simone song, I absolutely died. It was so good. Yeah. He was so amazing. Yeah. What I loved about the whole thing, because again, you know, we went into this not knowing how this was going to go, like both from a 
what it's going to look like. And also from a security standpoint, you know, there was a lot of tension and threats surrounding it. And it was just so nice that it ended up just, it was like, at least the ceremony part of it. I was like, this is just like, everybody's relaxed. Yeah. Like, it just felt, like, very calm. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, you know, I mean, there was obviously showmanship to it, but, it, but like, in a very, like, I don't know, I just kept being like, oh, it's happening. And it's like, I was just finally at ease. I was like, I think this is yep. going to be okay. Yeah. Um, like, so when that Lady was, Gaga that was came nice. out and sang and she, like, like, gestured to the flags and to the yeah. capital behind her. And I was like, like, that was the moment where I felt like it was kind of a turning point. And then – yeah. All of the like the people after that, obviously Amanda Gorman and J Lo mm. and all those people. I was oh like, God. this yeah. just feels like such the right tone to move forward. Even yep. Biden's speech, like the man of the hour, like yeah. I just felt like it was also, yeah, I felt really, really great about it. Like obviously, yeah. still we've got some shit to work on, and there's crap oh to my do, God. but like. <laughs> So much to do. So the, much to like, do. Like, I felt like we really hit a moment. Yeah. I just, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm glad. I'm honestly, honestly so glad that it went well. And more yep. importantly, that it's over. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, that we're finally back into a groove of like, all right, now let's get to work again, you know? Yes. Um, yes. Because the anticipation of just leading up to it has been just so, I'm just so much to handle because of obviously the violent attack on the Capitol and and all of that stuff. So I'm just glad it's over. And I yes. feel like we're finally just starting anew. Yes. And why we're doing this episode today is because we're seeing it right now and sort of the tradition of, oh, I feel like most of the recent presidents is the day they take office, they issue some executive orders. And yes. some are more ceremonial than others. Biden has obviously issued a ton of executive orders, both somewhat ceremonial and both like <laughs> real Let's deal get to work um, yeah, because yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. But Trump, ex- I believe, issued executive orders when he took office. It's, yeah. you know, it's a thing that happens. They do it as a part of, like, their what they've promised to do on their first day. Right. right. Agenda. Day and one. Day one, <laughs> this is what I'll do. And yeah. do they always follow that? No. But sure. Biden, like, you know, I mean, I have it. I mean, show me a list of all the things he promised to do on the first day. Maybe he didn't do all of them. But, like, the big things that he always talked about, he did. Like, the Paris Climate Agreement and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we're heading in the right direction. There are family pictures back in the White House. I Science mean. is valued. There's press briefings happening where, like, the press is valued. Sure. I feel like we're moving in the right direction. I mean, my favorite thing is that a portrait of Andrew Jackson that sat in the Oval Office is no longer in the Oval Office because as our listeners very well know, there is, I can't, I mean, when it comes to presidents, I truly despise Andrew Jackson is at the tippy top of the list always. So love to see him go. Love to see him. Hate to watch you leave. Love to see you go. Yeah. only we could get him off the money. That would make oh. me even more delighted. Would be so lovely. But anywho, so we're doing our episode on executive orders to talk about what they are, yeah. why we have them, you know, sort of examples of them, et cetera, et cetera. 
basically because right now there are a lot ex- a lot of executive orders happening and so it feels as good a time as any to just take a microscope and look at what the executive order is and can do. Yeah. And how it's been used over the history. history. So before we before we kick off, Arden, do you want to go through the the sources. The sources. Oh my you god, know I, I love a good source list. I was gonna say research, and I was like, "That's not the word I use." I completely no, lost the word. the word "source." It's the sources. Source. It's the word "source." The source for the sources for the day. The sources for the day. We've got history.com, love. the American Presidency Project at UC Santa Barbara, and Line Online as uh, an article by Tara Kibler. Kibler, as in the elf? No, that's Kibler. That's Sorry. Keebler. That's Keebler. Tara, Ke- Sorry, Tara. Tara Kibler. Sorry, Tara. From Behind Online. Who had a great list of like the 12 craziest executive oh. orders that you never knew that you loved to hate or loved or whatever. That was not the actual title, but basically. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the question on everybody's mind. What is an executive order? So these notes are coming from history.com. An executive order is an official directive from the U.S. president to federal agencies that often have much of the same power of a law, love. Love. So it is, it's a law, it's a directive, it can have an impact. Yes. Throughout history, executive orders have been one way that the power of the president and the executive branch of government has expanded to degrees that are sometimes controversial. Yes. I think we saw that in the previous administration and probably administrations before that. Yeah, there was definitely some controversy over like some of Obama's executive uh-huh. orders and what he could do. And like, I think, yeah. the, you know, the DACA one went to court and yep. all of that. Yeah. Yep. The Constitution does not directly define or give the president authority to issue presidential actions, which include executive orders, presidential memoranda, and proclamations. So we love that the Constitution does not necessarily give the president (laughs) this power. No. Instead, are we ready? (laughs) Oh, hit implied and accepted power derives from article two of the constitution which states that as head of the executive branch and commander-in-chief of the armed forces the president quote shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed (laughs) it seems it seems like we're dipping our toe into a really shallow pond i'm so sorry we're talking Two minutes of rain, and this is like, boop. Now the toe is wet. There's no like. It's, this is a stretch. It's this a real a stretch. stretch because it's not like he's executing or they, he, she, they. It's not like they're executing them. They're literally making them. That's they're making very laws. different. They're really but I love that we've just rolled with We're it. Running with over it. The it years. is so insane to me because you know my mind always goes to the Supreme Court of the United States where I hold residence. Yes. That you are the tenth justice. So exactly right. They've expanded it. It's me. That such an interpretation of a sentence has been made and allowed to stand when we've had such literal justices. And I know that ex- this is like long before our current court and the people who yes. are on the current court have been on the court. 
that this was a thing, but it's just so crazy to me. Because this is an interpretation if I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. No, this is like... I We are inferring and interpreting something that is possibly not there. (laughs) Possibly not there. Possibly not there. Like, I would argue that Roe v. Wade and an inherent right to privacy is more embedded in the Constitution than the idea that the president can just be like, new law. New law based on the line. And I'll read it again. The president, quote, shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. End quote. (laughs) We love an interpretive reading. We love an interpretive reading. How do you? They got from A to F with no roadmap. No, not a single letter. That is so funny. I'm obsessed with U.S. I know. So don't let anybody ever tell you you can't do anything because we sure did pull this we, shit off. Yeah, I know. This is manifest <laughs> destiny if I've ever seen it. This is Westward so expansion true. getting from this sentence to executive orders. Wow. Call Lewis and Clark. Charter some app to figure out how we got from A to B. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Continuing on. By issuing an executive order, the president does not create a new law or appropriate any funds from the U.S. Treasury. Only Congress has the power to do both of these things. So, correct, the executive cannot legislate. It is the legislative branch that legislates. Yeah. And he can't, he, she, they can't spend money. Sure. So, Biden couldn't be like, Everybody gets $3,000. million. Dollars. No, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Sweet Janet no, no. Yellen will be like, uh, no, no. No, no. Joe. No, no, no. You know, quick fun fact. Janet Yellen. Yellen? Is that how you say it? Yellen. Yellen. Janet like, Yellen. Like, you be Yellen. You be Yellen. Um, who is, for our listeners, Biden's cabinet pick to be the head of the uh, Treasury Department. Spoke at my graduation. Really? Yeah. Spoke at my graduation, my NYU graduation in Yankee Stadium, when she was, oh, head of the Federal Reserve, I think, at that point. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. so Janet and I go way back, personally. Wow. Uh, Sure, it's shared history there. I love that for you. I know. Back to the notes. Any executive order must identify whether the order is based on the powers given to the president by the U.S. Constitution or delegated to him by Congress. Provided the order has a solid basis either in the Constitution and the powers it vests in the president as head of state, head of the executive branch, and commander-in-chief of the nation's armed forces, or in laws passed by Congress, an executive order has the force of law. So it basic, like, basically, if you're going to do an executive order, you have to prove that what you're ordering, you have the power to do based on the Constitution or based on what Congress has told us you can do. Yeah. Right? Love. Yeah. Yeah. After the president issues an executive order, that order is recorded in the federal register and is considered binding, which means it can be enforced in the same way as if Congress had enacted it as law. So, you know, if it if it all checks out, she's got some teeth. She's got some teeth. I do love that we're really skirting the the calling it a law just like outright sure has quote the force of law force of a law enacted it's, you know. it as law like honey it's a law just if we're right. gonna treat it like a spade it's a fucking spade right it's like you know 
like calling me a Supreme Court justice. Like, yes, know, absolutely. If I look like one, I sound like one, I act like one, I am a you Supreme are Court justice. One. Yes, Justice Stewart. Oh, it has such a good uh, ring to it. I know, I know. Such a good Ooh. ring to it. Can I be a clerk? Uh, I would be a great clerk. Oh my God, Arden, you can be whatever you want. <laughs> Pick a position, it's yours. <laughs> no interview process necessary. You call me, you tell me what Hi. you want to do. Okay, great. And we'll great. get you a robe, we'll do whatever you want to do. I would love. It'll be great. I would love. So executive orders, They there's a numbering system that's involved. Perfect. We're such in nerds. We're such fucking nerds. I mean, <laughs> they do go in the federal register, so like... What are you going to call them? They got to go by numbers. So we'll talk about the numbering because it's changed a little bit over the years. So no, you would have thought, who would have thought, Someone who, like us. who, what, somebody dropped the ball when like George Washington was president and didn't start numbering that shit from like day one. And it took sure. them like a couple decades to be like, oh yeah, we oh, should have. Oh, doing this should have had a filing mm. system well because there's six people they had four pieces of parchment that were creating a country i mean you can and, keep track of the four yeah. pieces of parchment and the goat was kept when, eating them and the it goat was kept like, eating them it was when i feel like i feel like this nation just like got out of hand for the founding yes. fathers and suddenly it was a full ass nation and they were like oh my god my god we have got to get a filing cabinet asap <laughs> 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 there's like they cabinet. looked around and they're like oh my god there's like 20 states now this is crazy 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 seriously i can barely keep track of my own life sometimes and these Mm-mm. people were like i don't know how they did it sometimes i, I mean it's why they had wooden teeth and they were drunk all the time yep okay so this section on the numbering information is coming from the american presidency project at uc santa barbara the form and substance and numbers of presidential orders has varied dramatically in the history of the U.S. presidency. Love. Numbering, yes, numbering of executive orders began in 1907, quite late in the game. A little late in the game. Quite late to the party. In the game. <laughs> we had already had our centennial birthday. Like, yep. It started in the State Department, which assigned numbers to all of the orders in their files dating back from 1862. They were like, This was an intern. They were like, mm -hmm. Hey, you're going to have to go back maybe a hundred years and just start adding numbers. This is like when we asked Houston that one time to, like, Hey, can you go back and, like, let's relook at our episode notes? And it's like, (laughs) Wait a second. It's like, Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It just feels like that feels so time consuming and difficult. Yep. And all it is, it's all in a Google Doc. And these people were like, open up the <laughs> file cabinet, pull I- out that piece of parchment from 17, Eight, I mean, right. 1862. Okay, great. President Hoover attempted to bring further order and regularity to the processing and documenting of executive orders. We I'm glad Hoover did something. Something. Thanks, Something. Hooves. Thanks, Hooves. Yeah. Thanks, Herbs. But it was not until the Federal Register Act in 1936 that a more thorough contemporaneous documentation of executive orders began. I just feel like we're in the middle of the Great Depression. Yes. And we're looking around being like, you know what we should just spend some time doing? Let's number some documents. Let's get our ducks in a row. Like, What? There's dust everywhere. They're like, but let's let's deal with the doc. I feel like now is the time to deal with the documents. It's a little insane that people are starving and they're like, one, two, two. three. 
<laughs> 3A. 3A. We forgot this one came out. Okay, oh, 3A. shit. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. We got to go back. Before the Federal Register Act was passed in 1936, and occasionally afterwards, discovery of an, of an order not previously counted had resulted in assigning a number already in use together with an associated letter. So... <sighs> They would have, like, Executive Order 7709, which I'm just pulling this out of my ass, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. said that the goat only gets, like, organic wheat for food. Yes, And then they found an order in the back of the file cabinet, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, shit. There's already a 7709. There's already a 7709. Okay, just add an A, and this one means that, like... Massachusetts can only have a purple flag, like right. whatever right. it is. Not an not an actual thing that could happen. I love just... that they didn't like look at everything they had before they started this process. No, this was they're not like, let's like just, when you let's do... just go and do it. And I'm like, you got to look at what you have. Yes, this is like they did the puzzle backwards, where they like just were picking up pieces next to each yeah. other mm-hmm. and seeing what fit, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, okay. You separate the sides and the corners from the insides. You flip over. You do light colors. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. Had Mm -hmm. they lived through a pandemic the way some of us have, sure, they might have had a better idea of how to approach this documenting system. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. With you 100%. This explains why – so when they would do, do the number and then the letter. This explains why the total number of executive orders issued may be greater than the result that would be obtained by subtracting a president's first order number from his last. So if you've got like FDR has 3,000, I mean, I forget what his actual number is. We're going to look at the list in a second. But like, let's say he has 3,772 in like the numbering list, but maybe he actually has like 4,000 because Mm -hmm. we've added some letters to the numbers to like make up for the idiocy love it you would think that they would just start at zero just start from scratch and do all of them just go back and do all of them Uh, yes maybe because they didn't (laughs) have computers back then and so they're just like oh if we have to renumber then we actually have to like but like what about now right i know we can put a man on the moon. You can't you can't go back and renumber? Come on. Come on. The things you can do with Google Sheets these days is crazy. Put in a formula. It'll mm-hmm. do it for you. Someone call me. <laughs> yes. Call Justice Stewart and she will help you through this process. Jeez Louise. In addition to the numbered executive orders, there are many unnumbered orders. Perfect. Absolutely. We're also still living here. Absolutely. We're also still living here. The best known compilation includes over 1,500 unnumbered orders. Excellent. I love this. Yep. Correct. 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 And again, we're going to look at the chart in the next section because the center at UC Santa Barbara has a great article and at the they like list all of the presidents and how many they did and their average per presidency, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the unnumbered ones are basically like George and then like the next six, seven dudes. It's like yeah. the original executive orders that they apparently haven't numbered yet, which I'm curious about that. Like, do we not have them? to number like I don't what's going know. on i don't know somebody call me i can get them numbered lizzie's got time she's got a sharpie 
<laughs> Let's go. There have always been many forms of presidential orders in addition to the numbered executive orders and executive orders included in the published, quote, unnumbered series. Currently, these commonly are called memorandums, but can have many titles. Decades ago, such documents were commonly titled letters. President's letters. Presidential letters. letters. Presidential letters. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, as Arden was talking about, let's talk about presidential patterns with executive orders. Uh, so this is back coming from history.com. Washington's first order in June of 1789 directed the heads of executive departments to submit reports about their operations. You couldn't have done a jazzier one for your first, George? Like I know. He's like, just tell me, uh, what do I need to know? What are you doing? Yeah, what's up? Like, literally, the parchment probably said, hey, guys, what's shaking? Executive order number one. (laughs) (laughs) What you thinking? And how much Uh, money did you spend doing the thing you thought about? What's up? Let me know. Let me know. Over the years, presidents have typically issued executive orders and other actions to set holidays for federal workers, regulate civil service, designate public lands as Indian reservations or national parks, and organize federal disaster assistance efforts, among other uses. William Henry Harrison, who died after one month in office, is the only president, I know, not to issue a single executive order. Well, sure. 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 Yeah. When you die, you know, you can't issue it. (laughs) No. No. That's... Sorry. Too much. Franklin D. Roosevelt, the only president to serve more than two terms, signed by far the most executive orders. The number is 3,721, many of which established key parts of his sweeping New Deal reforms. Not surprising at all. And then... I would just like to say that when I took a shot in the dark when I was talking about FDR earlier, 
I didn't remember how many it was, but I was pretty damn close. You were close. You said 3,000. You said yeah. 3,000. So then Arden uh, mentioned this chart that is located at the American Presidency Project at UC Santa Barbara that basically lists the total number of executive orders each president did. So interestingly enough, like the first seven, the first six are really interesting. So I'm just going to read out. So George Washington did eight total. John Adams, one. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson, four. James Madison, one. James Monroe, one. (laughs) John Quincy Adams, three. Like just a very small amount. They clearly didn't realize the power that they had because I definitely feel like a lot of these dudes would have done a lot more executive For orders sure. if they had realized just like like you know in however many years later that like Teddy Roosevelt would issue a thousand well that's what I was about to say so it's like we literally the range is from like you know the the 20s to you know low or uh high 100s of you know from George Washington through um William McKinley and then Theodore Roosevelt comes in and issues 1081 yep. and I was thinking like what was going on in Teddy Roosevelt's presidency because I'm looking at Woodrow Wilson who you know two presidents later did yeah. 1800 and I was like well okay World War One probably yeah. had something to do with that I get that but what was Teddy up to my guess is that Teddy is because he was like a hunter and lived parks. My guess is that mm. a lot of those are like creating national forests and mm-hmm. parklands. Mm-hmm. That would sure. be my guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm sorry, Calvin Coolidge coming in and doing 1,200. Like, thanks for nothing, Calvin. What were you doing? Not preventing the Great Depression. No. I would say. And then it really, after Harry Truman, who had 900, it really drops down into, like, the 200, 300s for the most part. Yep. For pretty much everyone. Yeah, that's basically where we live till now. Like, even Trump only did 220. Yeah, compared to Barack Obama's 276 over two terms. Yeah. So Donald Trump actually might have been. Oh, on he pace did. He did do, do a lot. Yep. Compared to, to Obama, do like four hundred over the course if he had had two terms. Yep. But yeah, because even George W. Bush only did two ninety one over the course of two terms. So two hundred and twenty was a lot. That is a lot. That is a yeah. lot. That's a good and point. I think Joe Biden has, on his first day signed. I want to say like fourteen executive orders, and that, that, that was day right. one. And then has been doing you know feels like a couple a day every day uh-huh. since yes. so um we will have a yes. more accurate number for him a little bit later yeah but that's you know inter- it's interesting analytics to look at yeah to see who did what and when and when and like what the the impetus was yeah just like in the timeline of american history when things were right. happening right yeah so as with anything that has to do with u.s. dot there are some controversies about executive orders. 
Drama. We can't do anything without a controversy. We love mm-hmm. a controversy. Literally, it's why we have reality television. Bring it on. So just like laws, so this is all coming from history, most of it is history.org, and then some notes from Hine Online. Just like laws, executive orders are subject to legal review, and the Supreme Court or lower federal courts can nullify or cancel an executive order if they determine it is unconstitutional. Hello, checks and balances. Love to see you. You're so cute. Similarly, Congress can revoke an executive order by passing new legislation. So if they don't like that Teddy Roosevelt made some plot of land out in Montana a national forest, if the Congress at the time really hated that, they could come in and write a new law and override it. I love it. Override it, honey. I dare you. I would love to see it override. One prominent example of this dynamic occurred in 1952 after Harry Truman issued an executive order directing his Secretary of Commerce to seize control of the country's steel mills during the Korean War. Dang, go off. Yeah. So he's like, we're at war. Like, I gotta, I gotta just, like, take this private company and we gotta make it public. We gotta make it, we gotta make it government Gotta make steel. Gotta make steel, steel, gotta make steel. steel. So this is from Hein Online. Quote, the United Steelworkers of America organized a strike in 1952 against U.S. steel and other producers. Before the strike could begin, however, President Harry S. Truman issued Executive Order 10340 to nationalize all American steel mills, transferring their control to Secretary of Commerce Charles Sawyer. Several of the steel companies sued for control of their mills so sure truman's like i need the mills i'm taking the mills i'm giving them to charles they're charles now public mills over. take over charles and the owner of the steel companies were like fuck you these are our steel mills we own them you can't have them and we're suing you for their control back yep and it's ruling in youngstown sheet and tube Company versus Sawyer later that year. I know what a name. Sheet Youngstown and Sheet and Tube. <laughs> Dang. Dang. I'm sure they do great work. If Youngstown Sheet and Tube Co- Company is still in action, shout out to you. So several of the steel companies sued for control of their mills. Love. But in its ruling in Youngst- Youngstown Sheet and Tube Company versus Sawyer later that year, the Supreme Court ruled that Truman's order violated the due process clause of the Constitution and that the president had not been given statutory authority by Congress to seize private property. No. I, yeah, I'm with no. the courts on this. Like, Truman, I think you overstepped here, my dude. Like, a big fucking leap. Yeah, I think I like, think that's I think a step too far because also yes. it's the Korean like if this would have been World War Two or mm-hmm. the Great Depression and we're trying to pull this shit I'm a little more understanding but I'm talking about the Korean War which like not to diminish the Korean War obviously but it wasn't this like like m- I feel like this massive thing yeah um in the in the way that those two other events were so I'm like my dude. No. There's other ways. Like, do the, yes. do the Defense Production Act. Like, that's why it exists. Or did it not exist at this time? I feel it like it did. It might not have existed at this time. Because didn't it remember. exist during World War II? Oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. do that, my dude. Like, just do yeah, it that way. True. There's other, yeah. There were other, he had other avenues. He had, he had other solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like if, if we can't have soldiers, like, just knocking on doors and seizing houses to, like, you know, live there. Then I yeah. feel like you aren't allowed to take companies. You can't take people's steel mills. No. And give them no. to your 
Who was it? Your Charles commerce Sawyer, his depart- secretary? Yeah. No, yeah. you can't give no. the mills to Charles. Sorry. No. Not in the Constitution. Okay, so that was that's a little controversy. Let's talk about some notable executive orders. So again, this is coming from History.com and Hein Online. Executive orders have been used to assert presidential war powers, starting with the Civil War and continuing throughout all subsequent wars. Mm-hmm. During the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln controversially used the executive orders to suspend habeas corpus in 1861 and to enact his Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. And during World War II, FDR notoriously issued an executive order mandating the internment of Japanese Americans in 1942, lest we forget that horrific thing that was done to Japanese Americans. Yep. He also used an executive order to create the Works Progress Administration, which we have an episode on. Please go listen to it. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Established by Executive Order 7034, and it was a new government agency whose purpose was to create jobs for the millions of people unemployed by the Great Depression. Though the WPA existed for only eight years, its workers made monumental improvements to the nation's infrastructure and cultural life, which we go through in our WPA episode. Yeah. So and they they did so much. I mean, like, literally a crazy li- amount. Like, a crazy amount of the things that we talk about, see, walk past, like on a daily basis if you live yep. in a city and quite frequently if you do not, they're just like, they're all over. <laughs> right. Right. And then in 1948, Truman issued an executive order desegregating the nation's armed forces. Thanks, Truman. Thanks, Truman. About time, considering that black Americans and Americans of color have served in the nation's armies literally since the Revolutionary War. Yep. So, thanks for finally desegregating, not 200 years later. Really appreciate it. Preach, my dude. Preach. Mm -hmm. So then Dwight D. Eisenhower used an executive order to send federal troops to integrate public schools in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1957. So we're using them for for a lot of good things, too. Yeah, they can can definitely do some good. They can definitely do some good. And then after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in 1963, a newly sworn in President Lyndon Johnson signed executive order... 11130 to establish the Warren Commission. The commission would investigate the details of the assassination of President Kennedy and determine Lee Harvey Oswald's motivations and possible connections. Though the Warren Commission determined that Oswald acted alone, the Warren report sparked great controversy and conspiracy. This was honestly one of my favorite sections of history when I took sure. American history in high school. Who killed JFK? We spent like a, a week on it. And I, it was my favorite thing that I learned because also my history teacher leaned into the, like, the conspiracy theories a little bit. Well, yeah, that's the fun stuff. That's the fun stuff. And I was like, oh, there's no way Oswald did this shit alone. Well, famously, I have been to that box factory and I have stood where Oswald stood. Really? Yeah, it's in Dallas. Uh, As you know, where he died. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In Dallas, you can, you can go to the... To the box factory, and you can go up to the floor that Lee Harvey Oswald supposedly sat in with his with his 
rifle or snipe, whatever it was. And you can, like, yep. see literal, like, right there. You're like, oh, he was in this window. And you can, like, look and see the wow. the road where the car was going down. Yeah. Yeah. But let me oh. just say this as well. Like, you know, if, God forbid, I am your vice president and you get assassinated, I want you to know that I'm not, I'm not executive ordering a commission to solve it. <laughs> I will be doing that myself. Oh yes, no. You solved Jomini Ramsey. I've, I've solved Jomini Ramsey. Trust. I I'll just do it. My I'm like, why do we need a commission when I am a head detective as well as yes. being a Supreme Court justice? So exactly. It's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you want something done right, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So just know yep. you'll be in good hands. Thank you so much. I fully I, I trust you. I trust you with my life and the investigation of my death. I and I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. No problem. And the last one we're going to talk about is the attempted closing of Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo Bay is a U.S. military prison that was established by President George W. Bush in 2002 to detain, interrogate, and prosecute extraordinarily dangerous criminals. Critics of the detention center claim that the practice of torture and imprisonment without trial is a violation of human rights. Fair. Fair. Yes, fair. Which is not to say that, like, we shouldn't be questioning and holding people and like figuring out what the criminals are doing but let's not torture people i'm like i'm not about to say like yeah let's release the people who did 9-11 who are at guantanamo i'm just saying let's put them in a proper prison and be done with it as opposed to like this weird random military prison in cuba that reeks of all kinds of sketchy sketchers Yep. Like, let's just do everything above board. I'm not saying release the 9-11 guys. I'm saying put them in the the U.S. prisons. Yes. And so uh, continue with the, continuing with the Guantanamo Bay tr- uh, attempted closure, on January 22nd in 2009, President Barack Obama signed Executive Order 13493 calling for a review of all detained individuals and vowing that the prison would close within a year However, the deadline was not met and Obama's term ended with the prison still open. In January of 2018, President Donald Trump signed his own executive order to keep the prison open indefinitely. I mean, that's not surprising. And all I have to say is like, I don't know, guys, if we're going to walk around and be like the beacon of democracy and good in this world, like... We can't have Guantanamo. We all know what goes on in Guantanamo. Like, what happens in Guantanamo literally stays in Guantanamo because we don't let anybody enter or leave Guantanamo. Um, But, like, you can't torture people. Sorry. Like, I'm with John McCain on that. You can't torture people and also be, you know, the beacon of democracy. And that's my hot take on Guantanamo Bay. But I do think we actually should do a full episode about Guantanamo at some point just because... It is so interesting, you know? I think so as well. Especially because now that I've said it 18,000 times, I can finally say it correctly. Guantanamo Bay. Guantanamo. But it's so, yeah, I feel like like there's a reason it's in Cuba and not on U.S. land. Sure. I'm just, it's one of those things where I'm like, you guys, it's so obvious how like not, um, uh, I don't, democratic's not the right word, but like how not like following human rights we are 
at this prison. Like it's, it, you know, I'm just yes. like, you look at it on it. You look at images of it and I'm like, there's torture there. Like, it's yep. like <laughs> of yep. course there is. We can't do that. That's the yeah. whole, we've all agreed as a world and a society that if there you are, torture, yes. you're not okay. Yes, there are literally international courts of law that will hold you yeah. accountable if you do torture people. And, like, there are rules of law and, and for war and engagement that, you know. Yeah. Like, there are norms for this. Yeah, it's like for me, you know, Area 51, right? Where people are, like, always trying to get into Area 51 to prove that there are aliens. I'm like, you guys... We know that there are aliens in Area 51. Like, grow up. Grow up. There are aliens in Area 51 and there is torture happening in Guantanamo Bay. Like, you don't need to be a Supreme Court justice or a a part-time detective to solve, to crack that case. You know what I mean? It's very clear. It's very clear. It's so clear. It's so clear. But anywho, so, you know, like we said, time will tell how the Biden administration uses executive orders. Obviously, he has... Uh, hit the ground running with them um, pretty much kind of as expected. I mean, this is what they were saying they were going to do all through his campaign. And then once he won the election in between the election and, and now it's like on day one, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and they are cranking them out. So yeah. we will see how he continues to use this sort of interesting power that he has and how, if any checks and balances come along the way to, you know, prevent these his his specific executive orders from being like a law. Yep. But in the meantime, that was our episode on executive orders. And as you know, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.